Welcome to the New Freedom Church Podcast. This podcast will help you grow deeper in your faith through weekly 30-minute talks. If you haven't already done so, go ahead and hit that subscribe button so you get each new episode as it's released. Now sit back and relax as God speaks to you through this message. Before we uh, get started, uh, would you all bow with me in, uh, in prayer? Uh, God, we are so grateful for every time, Lord, we can gather together. God, we thank you for this uh, time together in worship. We thank you for the time together this morning we've had in prayer and fellowship. We thank you for the time now that we will spend, Lord, in your word. And God, I pray that you would help me to speak with clarity and purpose and unction of the Holy Spirit. And God, we just say this morning, we can't do anything good apart from you, Lord. So we request the honor of your presence right now. Come and minister and heal, save, deliver, bless, and teach. Holy Spirit, you are welcome here. And we say it all to the glory of and in the name of Jesus. And everybody said, amen. Amen. Well, it is so uh, glad. I'm so glad to be with you this morning. I love this area. I used to come up here as a kid. I grew up down in the mountains of eastern Kentucky, a little little community uh, called uh, Sassafras, Kentucky. I know, I mean, anybody ever heard of Sassafras, Kentucky? If you have, oh my goodness, we got people here from Sassafras. Down near Hazard, Kentucky, the greater metro Hazard, Kentucky area. So, you know, I'm, I'm a hillbilly, y'all, I'm sorry, but I'm just a, a fire-breathing Pentecostal from, from Eastern Kentucky. And there's so many, you know, of Eastern Kentucky people that migrated up to Cincinnati, Columbus, Dayton, up to this area of Ohio. And, you know, when I, we, I was a kid, we would come up here to Kings Island on a, a youth group trip or, a, or my family would come. And when I would, we'd start to get close and I could see that, that, that Eiffel Tower off in the distance, I would get so excited. And I just got excited again this morning coming up here. Uh, not so much about Kings Island, but just to be with you guys. Uh, so uh, I, I just love this area. I have friends in this area. We know some of the same people. And uh, I just couldn't help but notice, though, also coming in this morning, uh, some of the, the fields this morning. We, uh, we live on a farm now down in Bath County, Kentucky. We live down on... Uh, my wife's grandmother's farm, and uh, just just a little bit about me. Uh, 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 been married for 25 years to this beautiful lady, and uh, b- both my kids uh, are in college at University of Kentucky. And uh, I was in the corporate world for about 20 years, and uh, worked for uh, an insurance company. And and uh, God rededicated I rededicated my life, and God did a, just a tremendous work in my life in 1998. And uh, I, just, I just went all in. When I got in church, that's all, all I know, just to go all in. And I got on the worship team. And man, I, just, I was at church every time the doors were open. And before I knew it, I was, I was leading groups and teaching Sunday school and helping lead worship. And I became an associate pastor. And, and, and I just loved church. And, and God just did a radical, redemptive work in my life. And and I st- we were going on mission trips. And you know what I didn't realize at all this time was that ministry was growing in my heart. I didn't realize the work that God was slowly doing in my heart. And so God spoke to me one day as I was driving uh, it back home from our church. And the Lord spoke to me and he said, you're going to work for me full time as soon as the money comes together. I'll never forget that. And I thought, well, Lord, I grew up poor. I don't care. Let's go. Uh, money's... But, you know, money matters. 
It is, it, is, it is kind of a deal, right? It's part of it. You need to eat and some stuff like that. So God knew what he was doing. How many of you agree? I love that song, God's Way is Better. It's the only way. It's the best way. And God was working that out. And so a few years later, um, God called me to go and to sell everything and to leave my successful business and leave the area and move to an area where I didn't know anybody, uh, Somerville, South Carolina, and to uh, plant a new church. We didn't know a soul there. We totally just went on a word from the Lord, totally went in faith. We didn't know anyone. We didn't have a lot of money. We didn't know how to plant a church. I only knew a couple people had ever done it. So I spent about a year and a half just preparing and learning all I could. And we went, we bought a house. We lived literally in a season of just miracle after miracle to get there. I quit my job. We just took off and we landed there, and we started our church in January of 2014. We prayed, we fasted in a movie theater, started in a movie theater, and we were only there about five or six months before we planted. Only one family moved with us, and at our very first service, we had 284 people attend, and 19 people got saved that very first service. It was a miracle. It was an absolute miracle, all glory to God, and we grew from there, and we we added services, and we, we, uh, a few years ago, we were able to buy a little shopping center and remodel it and, and turn it into our campus there. And then just a couple years ago, I, I felt the Lord leading me once again to, to begin to create a succession plan, that my assignment there was coming to an end. And so we began to pray about that, and we began to, uh, to look for someone to take over for me, and we just actually just completed that process uh, back in the spring, and it just has gone amazing. They're doing great. You can look them up, Riverland Church in Somerville, South Carolina. Shout out to Riverland this morning. And so they are just doing amazing, and God's doing an incredible work there. And I serve as one of their overseers. I just went back there and preached not long ago. So it's been an amazing, amazing journey. And I got the privilege of meeting your pastor uh, a, a couple years ago back at a pastor's event, and we just connected. I love his heart. I love his, I love his pastor's heart for you. And, uh, and, and so we just stayed in touch, and he asked me to come up and speak for him. And let me just say, I want to thank you for supporting your pastor and taking time to rest and to do what he's doing so that he can come back and give you his very best. Amen? Because I know y'all want him in this for the long run, Right? And, and, and it's important to create rhythms of rest when you're in pastoral leadership. And I just want to applaud you for supporting him and doing that. And I know he's excited uh, and uh, he'll be fired up, let me tell you, when he comes back. I know y'all are going to, you, you just, if, if you've never seen a really rested pastor, I tell you, I can't wait for him to get back. But, you know, today I felt like the Lord wanted me to just bring you a word of encouragement today. I felt like God really put on my heart today to share with you just something that I hope will encourage you. As I was driving in this morning, I, I couldn't help but notice some of the, the bean fields, some of the wheat fields. And they're beginning to, to, to get to that point where they're, you know, they're starting to turn the corner and they're ripening and they're, they're not before long, it's gonna be harvest time, right? And it just, in a spiritual sense, it kind of reminded me of what's happening in our world that, there truly is a harvest out there waiting, amen? Would y'all agree with me today? That the, har that the fields are white for harvest. And, and that's why the, the work 
of ministry, the, the work of the kingdom of God is the most important work in the world. It is the most important thing in the world. Make no mistake about it. And the good news is this. The Bible says there's going to be a great revival. Y'all believe that? You believe the Bible? Is gonna, there's going to be a great revival. And we pray for it. We pray for revival. Lord, send revival. We pray that all the time, don't we? But the Bible also says this. Before that revival, there's going to be a great falling away. Now, that's one you don't hear prayed for all too much, do you? Lord, send a great falling away. Lord, just let this place go to hell in a handbasket, please. Would you? We don't hear those kind of prayers, do we? But it's happening, isn't it? Would you all agree with me today? Is, is the world getting brighter and, and lighter, or is it getting darker? Is, 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 is the world getting more full of faith or more full of fear? I think we can all agree that it's not getting brighter, is it? The world is getting darker. The, the world is getting more and more, not full of faith every day, but it's getting more fear-filled. We see it everywhere. And if you look around and you can just watch one, one evening's episode of the bad news, and there's a lot to be discouraged about if you look, amen? But at the same time, Jesus said, in this world, we would have trouble. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for giving us a heads up on that. There's plenty that we could be discouraged about. But Paul, in 2 Corinthians chapter 12, the apostle Paul, he has an experience with the Lord where God takes him up, he says, to the, the third heaven and he shows him things that he says, I can't even really talk about it. It was such an incredible experience he has with the Lord. Insight and visions and things that he sees that he just says, it's, it's, it's really hard, I can't even explain it. And he says that because I saw these things and I have this knowledge and God has allowed me to see such things, he said it would be more or less, it would be easy for me to get puffed up in pride. How many of you know sometimes when we, when we, we serve God and we begin to be blessed of the Lord. We see things. He shows us things. He gives us insight to things. Sometimes it's easy to get puffed up in spiritual pride, isn't it? And so because of that, Paul, he's sort of boasting here about it. And he says that God gave him a gift to help him deal with it. He says, the Lord gave me a thorn in the flesh. He said, and let, so that I would not be exalted above measure. He said, it was a messenger of Satan sent to buffet me. You know, God has a way of working in our lives, whether we are walking with him, serving with him, or whether we're not. See, before you knew the Lord, the Bible says that we are at enmity or that we are actually enemies of God before we know him. But can I tell you something this morning? God is the best kind of enemy you could ever have because God will always oppose you for your good. He's the best kind of enemy you can ever have. But then once we make peace with God, once we, once we surrender to the Lord, he has this beautiful way of working in our lives 
so that we don't get too full of pride. Amen. He has this beautiful way and he knows us better than we know ourselves. And so he, he sends things and even allows things in our life sometimes to keep us humble, to keep us from becoming so self-righteous, to keep us from being proud. And these things are truly a gift, but man, we don't look at them like gifts, do we? How many of you can relate to that, that, that when Paul said, I have a thorn in the flesh. Come on, I know what you think. It's not a thing. It's probably a person you're thinking about. <laughs> Come on, we're in church. We can't, we got to be honest here, right? Don't, don't be elbowing anybody, but we think about usually a person when we think about a thorn in our side or a thorn in our flesh, but we don't know exactly what it was. Paul never described it perfectly in detail to where we know, but we we seem like we can just relate to the things in life that sometimes life throws at us that just keep us humble, amen? They seem to just have a way of coming about in our life. But here's the thing, if you're not careful, something that is meant to just keep you humble and work for your good can end up discouraging you greatly. Paul could have gotten discouraged and sometimes we can get very discouraged by a situation or by someone or something that just seems to be constantly at odds with us or opposing us. And discouragement is unavoidable in this life. You know why? Because if you care, you will be discouraged. People will let you down. Things in life, they just won't go the way you want them to. And if you care, and I know we all do, discouragement is a byproduct of that and the devil will use it. It's a tool of his. Discouragement is going to come and the devil loves to use it and God knows we can't be discouraged all the time or we'll snap, amen? So God has a beautiful way of working that word that Jesus said, in this life you will have trouble. He said, but take heart. He said, for I have overcome. Jesus said, I have overcome. And he, he wants to put that overcoming kind of mindset and spirit in us. That we, yes, we will have trouble. Yes, we have thorns in our flesh too. Yes, we are gonna be discouraged. Life will see to it. The enemy will see to it. But God says, you are an overcomer. Jesus said, because I have overcome, you can too. And so he wants us to live in that. And so Jesus was effectively saying, you can plan on being discouraged. Plan on it. So if we can plan on being discouraged, wouldn't you think it'd be fair to say that we need a plan for the way out of discouragement? Amen? Jesus has created that plan. God gives us a way out. God gives us a plan for getting out of discouragement. King David in the Bible, he had a few troubles of his own, some of them self-inflicted. Can anybody relate to some self-inflicted trouble? Amen. Come on, amen or oh me this morning. David created some situations in his own life through his own bad choices, sinful things happened. He created drama and discouragement and troubles. But let me tell you something, David had a plan for getting out of it. David knew how to repent. And David knew how to praise. 
David knew how to worship. And, and even though David had many troubles from his enemies and some of them self-imposed. Look at what he said in Psalm 42. David said, why am I so discouraged? Why am I so sad? Why is my heart so sad? He said, I'm going to put my hope in God. I will praise him again my Savior, and my God. See, David understood that, yes, there is hard times, but also there's blessings around. There's good news every day if we seek it. Sometimes that voice of good news is very still. It's very small. You have to get quiet. You have to listen for it. Sometimes you have to look for it. You have to get in God's word uh, and remind yourself of the promises that we have. But it's there for the taking. Amen? And sometimes, you know, I'll ask people this. I'll say, or people will just come up and, you know, they'll, they'll, they'll just offer this to me. They'll say, you know who I love to, to hear preach? You know who, who's my favorite preacher? And they'll mention somebody or whoever it is. And uh, you're all's favorite preacher I know is your pastor, isn't it? Amen. Yeah, I know it is. But you know who your favorite preacher better be? It better be you. It better be you. Because I, I can tell you as much as we would love to have Brother so-and-so there to preach to us when things get hard, they're probably not going to always be around, are they? They're not going to be on speed dial. We can't, you can't even have your local pastor always come and show up every time discouragement or that thorn in the flesh hits you in the side. Amen? But sometimes you've got to do what David did. You've got to preach to yourself. You've got to encourage yourself. You've got to remember what God has said and stand on that word sometimes when there is nobody else around to encourage you. You've got to encourage yourself, amen? And so we've got to learn what David learned, that sometimes we have to be our favorite preacher. We've got to remind ourselves of what God has said. And in the middle of problems and discouragement, we've got to learn how to remember what God has said and praise him anyhow. Those songs we were singing this morning, some of them you all were singing by faith. If we're honest, right? You're, some of you are going through some very difficult things right now. We all have challenges in our life. And some of those songs right now, let's be honest, we're singing them by faith. The prayer's not answered yet. The situation has not come through yet. There's not been breakthrough yet. We're singing them by faith but we're praising God anyhow in the midst of them, amen? We're praising God in the midst of those situations, just like David said. So we, we shift our focus from the problems, from the discouragement, from the things. We shift our eyes to who God is. We put our eyes on Jesus. And God wants to bless you today. You need to understand that God is a blesser to his children, and he wants to bless you personally, I can name off a number of reasons why I'm personally blessed. One of them is sitting right here with me today. My two children that are both uh, working at Christian camps this summer. What a blessing is that to have, have children that are serving the Lord and working, working uh, in ministry this summer. I'm, 
I'm blessed because of the ministry that God has given me. I'm blessed because of, of, of the health in my body. I'm, I'm blessed because I have a few, a few dollars saved. I have land and we have, we have things that are paid for. And we're, we're just, there's so many material things in relationships that, that, that I could say I'm blessed. I, 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 we recently moved back to, to our farm and, and, and we had all this beautiful land there. And, and you know, th there's a saying in Texas or, you know, they, they, they say that guy, he's, he's all hat, no cattle. Have y'all ever heard of that? He's all hat, no cattle. That means he's, he's all talk or he's just, he might have something, but he ain't really nothing behind it. But, but I'm no longer all hat and no cattle. Y'all, would y'all like to, to see my cows here? Can y'all show them that? Have y'all got that ready? If you got that, look at that. Look at that. I've got, I got 11 cows, y'all. I got, <laughs> well, I don't really have 11. My bull jumped the fence. I've just got 10 now. <laughs> and I sold him to my neighbor because I don't want a bull like that, right? But my, my father owns the cattle on a thousand hills. I, I, I own the cattle on, on two or three, but that's okay. I'll take it, right? I've tried not to get too, you know, accustomed to them, going down there and naming them, you know, and getting emotionally involved in these cattle because I know, you know, the truck's going to come, right, at some point, right? So I'm learning all this, but I'm blessed, and we're enjoying them. We go sit on our front porch and just look at our cows, and we just are reminded of the blessings of God in our life. How many of y'all are blessed this morning? Would you just say yes? Thank, can we just thank God that we're blessed this morning? We're just blessed people, aren't we? Yeah, we are. There's so many things that we're, that we're blessed of God. And sometimes, though, God brings, brings blessings in strange ways, doesn't he? Sometimes God brings about blessings in packaging or gift wraps that we don't necessarily like the way it's packaged, his blessings, right? You, you, you prayed for, for courage, but he gave you opportunities to be scared, you, you, you prayed, <laughs> maybe you didn't, but you might have prayed for patience. <laughs> Not too many praying for that. But you know what God does when you pray for patience? He makes you wait, doesn't he? You, 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 wanna, you wanted to grow in your faith, but how many of you know it takes sunshine and rain to grow, amen? So the blessings of God, though, sometimes come in ways that we don't always like, but they're still blessings. And I just want you to, maybe to remember today, I just want to encourage somebody. You may be going through something very difficult. You may be in a difficult situation. You may be in a, at a workplace situation that you're not very happy with. Maybe you're in an environment that you're not very happy with. And I'm not going to tell you what to do. You have the Holy Spirit to do that. But I am going to ask you this question that maybe could it be the very reason you want to leave is why God has you there. But in the midst of that, in the midst of maybe whatever difficult situation that you're going through today, I want to invite you to maybe take your eyes off the circumstances, to take your eyes off the, the difficulty or the hard part of it and refocus on the blessings of God in our life. There's a few things today I just want to remind you of, just a few things that I want to encourage you in this morning 
about being blessed and a few things that we can all probably agree on that we're blessed because of. Jeremiah, he said this, he said, blessed is the man or the woman, the person who trusts in the Lord. That's a blessed person. He said, whose hope is the Lord? Because if you trust in the Lord and you hope in the Lord, look at what he said. He said, that person shall be like a tree planted by the waters, which spreads out its roots by the river and will not fear when the heat comes, but its leaf will be green. It won't be anxious in the year of drought, nor will cease from yielding fruit. It's a beautiful picture of a blessing and to think of this beautiful, planted, flourishing tree. Proverbs 11 says that a life devoted to things is like a stump. Not a tree, but a stump. But one devoted to God is a flourishing tree. I wonder how many people there are that are striving and doing everything they can to make every dollar that they can and to uh, amass wealth and material things. God says for those people that they think that that's all that there is to blessing their life is like a stump. But the one who hopes and trusts in God, their life will be like a flourishing tree. And that's why God wants us to be planted because he wants us to be rooted and grounded in his love, to trust in him, to hope in him because there is an eternal connection that's happening here between trust and hope. See, everybody who knows Jesus Christ, if you've accepted him as your Lord and Savior, if you've surrendered your life to him, you are blessed with the greatest blessing that we can have in this life, and that is salvation, which leads to eternal life. Amen? Amen. That's the greatest blessing. But that eternal life, can I just remind you today, that eternal life doesn't start when you die and go to heaven. That eternal life starts right now. It's a life that God, I believe, wants us to live right now, right here in this moment. Eternal life is now. And so in scripture, blessing, I've noticed this, blessing's not necessarily just for you, is it? Blessing in life is usually not for the person, but it's for others. God blessed Abraham. He said, through your seed, through you, Abraham, he said, I'm going to bless the nations. God had a plan to bless the world. We know Jesus would come from his family line, but he said, through you, I'm going to bless the world. That's why he gave Abraham a son. And so we recognize today that the blessings we have, whatever we have, yes, we enjoy it, but it's not for us, is it? It's for everybody else. So let me just give you a few ways today that I believe that we're blessed. And here's what I want you to do. I just want you to take these and just be encouraged in them and just walk in this this week. Just walk in the encouragement of these. Number one, we're blessed because we have hope. Amen. We're blessed because we have hope. Now, it's easy when things are going well, but what about when they're not going well? It's easy to be full of faith and to be full of hope when things are going well, but what about when they're not going so well? Well, we got to remember 
what God said. Jeremiah 29, 11 says, for I know the plans I have for you. And I don't believe this is just a word for Jeremiah. I believe this is God's heart for us all, that God has plans for all of us. He says, I know the plans I have for you. This is the Lord talking. He says, plans to do what? Plans to prosper you and not to harm you, to give you hope and a future. Wow. Isn't it incredible today to just stop for a moment and think about that God created a plan for me before he ever created me. He didn't just, I didn't just be born and just come into this world and God's like, what am I going to do with this one? I don't know what I'm going to do with you. Now God had a plan. He had a plan for us and he, he made us to fit that plan. And he says, I want to prosper you and I want to give you hope and a future. And this is what I know today. God can't lie. He cannot lie. It's impossible for him to lie. And so what that means, if God has a plan and a hope and a future for me, that means that God has plans and no matter what it looks like right now, the story's not over. God's still writing the story of our life. So that means I can wake up every day with hope in my heart because I know that he has something planned for me. He's got a purpose for me or I wouldn't be here. And that hope, Hebrews 6 says, is an anchor for our soul, firm and secure. Hallelujah. Now, here's one thing that we probably all have in common. Every one of us in here, no matter where you are, every one of us in here has probably made a mistake somewhere in life. Amen? Don't have to raise your hand, but just be like, amen, bro. I see two hands there in the back. Thank you. Thank you for your honesty today. But here's the other thing I know. Not a single one of us, we've all made mistakes, not a single one of us can go back in the past and change a thing, can we? You cannot go back and change one thing back here about what happened, the mistake, the regret, or whatever. You cannot go back and change it. But here's what you can do. You can go into the now, and you can say, what did I learn from that? And I'm going to apply that right now, and then I'm going to use that, and next time around, I'm going to do it better for the glory of God. Amen? I'm going to do it differently. And so every day I can wake up with hope and know that I'm going to do it differently and because I've learned from those things and God has taught me and God has given me a different attitude and I can have hope for tomorrow because it's going to be better because I know better. Amen? And that even leads me to the second reason why we're blessed. The second reason I believe we're blessed among the many is just because we're growing in faith. Amen? We're not just, it's, faith isn't just not something you get and that's it. But faith is something that's meant to grow. And so today, we're growing. And look, I love how Jesus taught his disciples. And what he said to them in Matthew 13, he said, the disciples came to him and they asked him this question. They said, why do you speak in parables, Jesus? He said, because it has been given to you to know, look at this, 
the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven. Have you ever thought about that? That, that the gospel, what you and I see, is a mystery. He said, but it's been given to you to know the mysteries of the, king, the kingdom of heaven. But to them, talking about the people who didn't believe and the religious people and all those, he said, it's not been given to them. And whoever has, look at this, whoever has, whoever understands this, to him, more is going to be given. That you just don't get it and then that's it. He says, more will be given and he will have abundance. But whoever does not have it, even what he has will be taken away from him. And watch this. He said, but blessed are your eyes for they see. Blessed are your ears for they hear. For assuredly, I say to you that many prophets and righteous men desired to see what you see and did not see it and to hear what you hear and did not hear it. He's talking about the gospel, about the Messiah. He's talking about what they are able to see. Righteous people of old were not able to see it. Moses even asked God, he said, God, let me see your glory. God said, you can't handle it. I can't show it to you right now. But what Moses was actually praying for and asking to see the glory of God, Jesus was the glory of God. They see it. And if you believe today, you see it and you're blessed. Blessed are our eyes, our spiritual eyes. We've never seen him in person like they did, but with our spiritual eyes, we understand who he is and what he did for us, and he is the glory of God. The older I get, the more I realize faith is not a set of questions to be answered, is it? It's not a problem to be solved, is it? Faith, I believe, is a person and a path. It is Jesus Christ and following him. But can I, can I just stop right here for a second and encourage somebody? Give yourself on this journey some grace. Don't be so hard on yourself. I remember when me and my wife first got in church and we were, you know, we were just baby Christians. We grew up in church, but we had lived, you know, a prodigal season. Both of us did in our life and we were just getting back in and we wanted to start giving again. And I, I wasn't making a lot of money back then. And I, I remember the first time I gave $50, y'all. Can I just tell you, it, it, I was like, <laughs> uh, uh, it was... It was so hard. I remember, I remember, and you might even be able to remember that when you first maybe started seeking the Lord or maybe you first got saved, I don't know, maybe this was you that, that you just started, you know, like you come in and you just maybe tap your toe a little bit, you know, or you know, or you just do a little, you know, one of these or whatever. And now I love the spirit of joy and hospitality here in this church. But now maybe back then that's where you are, but now you're all touched down Jesus, right? You're just hallelujah. And there's things, what I'm saying is this, there's things that you used to think were impossible for you that now you do on a regular basis with the Lord. Amen. And there's people right now that they're not where you are. 
And if you're still, and we all are, we're still on the journey, we're still growing. And so don't be so hard on yourself. But give yourself some grace. And look back and see where you've came from and just remember how hard some of those things used to be for you. And now that you just do them without even thinking, praise God, right? Hallelujah. Thank God that he, that he works with us and that he doesn't give up on us and that he keeps us growing. And some of you are blooming and some of you are budding. <laughs> but only God knows when to tell us to open up our hearts. Amen. So let's not judge one another. Let's give grace to ourselves and, and to each other. And remember that even the desires that are in you were given by God. The desires for the righteous things are from the Lord. And we have the most precious thing in the world if we understand and believe who Jesus is and we're following him. We have the most precious thing in the world. You know, people, we talk about salvation. And they, we, we, we term it like this. We say, when I accepted Jesus... And that's, I guess that's true. I don't know. That's one way to put it. But you know how I, I think what even maybe is more amazing is the fact that I accept that he accepted me, right? Not so much that I accepted him, but he, he accepted me. And I'm constantly just humbled by the fact that he had grace for me that he put faith in my heart to believe and called me into ministry. And today, if you're here and that's you today, your eyes and your ears are blessed and your mind is being renewed and you're growing in faith and you're experiencing the kingdom of God. Now, I don't want you to take that for granted today. And Romans 12 says that, verses one and two, that we're being transformed as we renew our mind. And it reminds me of this old parable. It was a, this, this old Asian parable about in the jungle, there was a tiger and there was a snake. And the snake came and said, the grass is blue. And the tiger said, the grass is green. Except in Kentucky, but that's another story. <laughs> he said, no, it's blue. Said, it's green. And the tiger said, then let's take it before the king of the jungle. Let's take it to the lion. And so they went before the king of the jungle. They go before the lion. And they said, he says, he says the grass is blue and I say it's green. King lion, we all know the grass is green. The lion said to the snake, he said, what do you say? He said, I say the grass is blue. And he said, so you have said. And he looked at the tiger and he said, you shall be punished with five years of silence. And the snake just slithered off, writhing and chuckling. And the tiger asked the lion, he said, king, he said, why did you punish me? He said, you know, and I know that the grass is green. He said, yes, it is. He said, but I punished you for wasting your time arguing with a fool. You are strong, you are courageous, you are fast. And to spend your time arguing with a fool and to bring such a foolish request before me is why you got punished. 
I just want to encourage somebody today. We're blessed. Let's focus on it. Let's stop arguing with fools and everybody that's just trying to drag us down in things that really ultimately probably don't even matter today. I'm an evangelist at heart, and I love witnessing, and I love talking to people, but there's a fine line between witnessing and evangelizing and just wasting our time arguing with people that are so full of greed and pride that their hearts are never going to change. And I'm encouraging you today to discern by the Holy Spirit who that is and when that is and to move forward in faith because you've been healed of your blindness. You've been healed of your deafness. If you know Jesus today, that is you, my friend, and you're blessed. And that brings me to my final point, and that's we're blessed because death has been defeated, amen? Because death has been truly defeated because of what Jesus did on the cross. Death has been defeated. 1 Corinthians chapter 15 says, where, O death, is your victory? Where, O death, is your sting? Because the sting of death is sin and the power of sin is the law. But thanks be to God because he gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus took our sin and now we live under the grace of God and he washed that away. And yes, I know we're still on the journey and yes, our bodies someday, our bodies are going to die, but spiritually, when we put our faith in him, he said, you shall live forever. And the journey I know we're all on, it sometimes, it feels like an uphill journey, doesn't it? And the journey takes time. Sometimes it, it feels like it's taking forever. The journey's through enemy territory. I know it's difficult at times, but I just want to remind somebody today that the journey ends in victory. The journey might be uphill, but it ends in victory. Come on, are y'all with me today? Come on, do you believe that today? That I've read the back of the book and the journey ends in victory. So while we're still on that journey, I want you to remember that what Jesus has done and when they rolled that stone away, there was a seal on it, a Roman seal. Caesar said, I want you to guard it and they put the Roman seal on it. And it was the symbol of authority. And, it, and what he was trying to say is, I am the authority. And when I put something on a stone in front of that tomb and I put guards there, we are in charge. We are in authority. But the angel had something to say about that, didn't he? The Bible says the angel came and they rolled the stone away. And I love this part. Don't miss this part. And he said, the angel went and sat on the stone. Come on, somebody. <laughs> and I believe it was the ultimate picture of no government. You might think you have authority, but God ultimately has the authority. Amen. And death is defeated. Death is defeated. We don't have to fear it. Jesus went and took the keys of death, hell, and the grave. Not that he lost, but that we gave away. Come on. Jesus took those keys back, and he's over all earthly authority. He's over all kingdoms. Jesus 
has authority today. A few weeks ago, we had something very unexpected happen in our life. I was scheduled to preach at a church back in Hazard, Hazard, Kentucky, a few weeks ago, and my mother-in-law, my wife's mother, was coming uh, on Saturday. She was driving down to our house to watch our two little dogs for us to dog sit while I was going to Hazard. To, we were going to go down, and I was supposed to preach at a church, and we were going to spend the night. On the way down there, she was driving on the interstate, and she started feeling something in her legs. Her legs started hurting. And she pulled over. She called 911. She called her sister. She was 75 years old. She never had really been sick a day in her life. She was extremely healthy. She still worked out, very active, no health problems really to speak of whatsoever. But by the time the paramedics arrived, she had suffered cardiac arrest and she passed from this life. And she went to be with Jesus. And when it's unexpected, it hits different, doesn't it? I mean, none of it is easy. And I just share that story with you to tell you this. I'm sorry. We think we know what tomorrow holds, don't we? But we don't. But like the old song says, I don't know what tomorrow holds, but I know who holds tomorrow. And I've just come to remind you today how blessed you are. And if you don't know the Lord today, you may be watching online today. You may not even be in this room. You may be sitting right here. But listen to me. If you've never put your faith and surrendered your life to Him, no matter how old you are, you think that you know the plans that you have, but only God does. And I can promise you this, every day serving the Lord is a day you will never regret. You'll never regret it, I promise you. Not one day do I regret, not one mile that I've traveled for Him do I regret. And if you do know Him today, if you recognize what I'm talking about today, here's what I want you to do. I want you to open your heart today because Jesus said, more will be given. I want you to ask God today for more. Not necessarily more things, but more of His Spirit, more of His love, more of His grace, more of His mercy, more of an anointing to walk in what God would have for you. Would you, would you do that with me today? Would you, would you ask God for more and not be satisfied where you are? Would you bow your heads with me today? You may be here today and you've never taken
taken that step. You've never put your faith in Jesus. I'd love to give you an opportunity to do that right now. You can decide today. How do you do that? You just simple, simply offer a heartfelt prayer to God. I'm not gonna ask you to stand up or come down front. I'll even help you with the words. Today, if you're here with every head bowed and every eye closed, and that's you and you wanna surrender your life and you know God is speaking to you right now, you feel his love just calling you right now. He's calling you home where you belong in the family of God. Just say, Father, thank you for loving me and sending Jesus to die and to pay for my sin. God, I'm sorry. I repent of my sin. Forgive me and help me walk in your love for the rest of my life. And if you're here today and you know the Lord, but you know there's more and you know God has been dealing with you and he's stirring something in your heart right now that you know there's more for you, there's more work to do, God has more for you right now, would you just simply ask, just offer up that prayer, just say, Lord, I want more. Just right now, just offer that up to him. Lord, I want more. More, If you prayed those prayers with me, would you just slip up your hand right there? If you join me in that prayer today, would you thank you? God bless you. Yes, 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 yes. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you, each and every one of you. Father, I pray today, Lord, for those that took their first step in the journey. God, I thank you that they've crossed over from death to life. I thank you, Father, for the faith they've put in you that you put in their hearts, God. I pray, Father, that you'll bless them today, Father. You'll put joy in their hearts, God. Hope in their future, God. God, place a trust in them for you, Lord, that will never waver, God. God, I pray today, Father, you would bless and anoint them, Lord, and let them, Lord, become a light, Lord, to everyone around them, Lord, wherever they go, Father. And God, I pray for those that have asked you for more today. God, I thank you for putting that desire in our hearts. And I pray, Lord, today that you would work to fulfill it, God. God, right now we surrender it to you, Lord. We thank you that we have a hope and a future, that death is defeated, that we're growing in faith, and our hope is in you. And it's all in Jesus' name and for your glory. Come on, everybody say amen and give him a praise this morning. Come on. God bless you all. Thank you so much.